I'm glad you're still alive. Yeah, I'm just here. Is everybody freaking out? In Washington State, in the third week of recovery from the worst flu-like symptoms of my life, it's probably nothing. How easy would it be to get tested at this point? I mean, I suppose I could go try. I, I did go to the doctor, but that was kind of before they were doing that. Mm-hmm. And they gave me some antibiotics, which maybe worked because I'm now better than I was. But mm-hmm. it was in the, like the second or third week of it. So who knows if they helped yeah. or if it was just on its own. From what I hear about at your age and, and health, you might not know the difference between it and regular flu. Right. That's the strange thing. Because, I mean, it, it was it was real bad. Like, I've never been that sick. It was like up in the night wondering if I should text the hospital. Sort mm-hmm. of, you can't breathe and real, real bad. The shortness of breath, that's part of the symptoms. Yeah, it sure is. Wow. And uh, long cough and just exhaustion. So the the formula's there that that could have been what it was, but we probably won't know. But movies continue to be produced and released. They sure do. That's the good news. We've got lots to catch up on this week. Yeah, I'm still behind on movies. I did go to the theater one time this week. I made myself. Good, good. Um, made sure to <laughs> put myself out there in public. <laughs> That's very good. I'm very proud of you. For the good of this podcast. Were you were you sick at the time? I mean, I'm who you knows? Sick, so who knows? Sick. Yeah, it's hard it's hard yeah. to say. And we're all so sick in this Lenten season. <laughs> we all long for the journey. Uh, pause the podcast and pray, everybody. Right. Um, so you saw one thing. I saw three things in a the theater. Actually, oh, four, but so I can't talk about one. Jealous. And um, then we have our, I have a feeling segment one will be the interesting one this week. But uh, <laughs> I'll make my... Uh, Away we went. Apologies later. Yeah. Um, last week, by the way, or last time we, we recorded two weeks ago, I almost I did almost no editing on segment two on the AI discussion. I was like, you know what? No one's going to care or notice. And I don't think they did. That went great. I took out, I took out some coughs because you were starting to cough already. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that is good for evidence yes. <laughs> later <laughs> when someone sues me. He seemed fine. Um, but yeah, so I feel less burdened by the notion that I have to go through syllable by syllable and clean this up. Well, it's about releasing one another yeah, to our, to our passions or away from things that we're not passionate about, like mm-hmm. editing. Uh, so where do we want to begin? Is there any chance that the one thing you saw is something that we both saw? Yes. We both saw Emma period. Okay. Um, all right. So who wants to talk about it first? Well, I know what that means. Emma <laughs> is a 2020 comedy drama a film directed by Autumn DeWilde. That's a great name. Yeah, it is. And, okay. So I love the Emma property. It's strange mm-hmm. because like Little Women, it's had multiple iterations and there's a famous movie version from the 90s. And with Little Women, I thought, oh, why does this have to be redone? But when I heard about Emma, I was like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. this I absolutely could come to love. So 
it, it's the you know the classic Jane Austen story, and it follows Emma Woodhouse, played by Anya Taylor Joy. She's a uh, young woman of uh, some societal status who just kind of enjoys bored really and interferes in the love lives of her friends. And I loved the style of this film. Yeah. I liked the cast. Mm-hmm. I thought it I thought it was witty and wicked. And I I loved it. I thought um the lead Taylor Joy mm-hmm. was wonderful. Yeah. I uh, Josh reminded me she was in Thoroughbreds. Um, that's which right. I also and the witch. enjoyed her, and oh, that's right. And she she has a a wicked sense of timing. Yeah, I, I thought that this relied so much on just these subtle, you know, glances and reactions, not just from her, from the whole cast. And boy, did it work! And it looks like a million dollars. And even though it's the same old boring story, to me, it was fresh and a lot of fun. I laughed a lot. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I had a fantastic time with it. Like Little Women, I know that I've watched a version of it in the past, but it's not something I carry around in my heart. So I felt like I was watching the story oh, for the first time. Gwyneth and probably Kate Winslet. And... Yes, yes. The Gwyneth yeah. one I remember in particular. Uh, but I, I just, the story was fresh uh, to me. So just like Little Women, it was having a great, new, fresh, new film version kind of tell me the story. I was completely bought in. I thought from the trailers that it was going to be like a style exercise only. Mm. Um, I don't know. Kind of the reason I assumed that it was, but it was a, it was a great one, but it also did justice to the story and it was more straightforward telling than I thought. It just had a really great, it, it didn't feel too meta or too updated is I guess what I mean. Oh, not at all. I liked that it was production designed like a Wes Anderson version yes. of Jane Austen. Cozy and cold at the same time in a weird way. Drafty. Yes, very drafty. <laughs> I love that with all the screens. I yeah. love how extra Emma is, even in the opening moments, where just at dawn she's traveling out to the greenhouse where her way <laughs> being lit by someone carrying yeah. a lantern and she doesn't even touch yeah. the flowers. She just points. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. Yeah, again, I'm not overly familiar with past versions, but I feel like she Emma is usually portrayed as kind of a busybody, but she's she's cute and spunky. I feel like she was at least for the first half of this movie a a huge jerk. Oh yeah, and and it leaned into that nicely. Yeah, it was it was it was wonderfully done. The the class stuff was great, and how it really took someone from her own social stature to be able to bring her down and show her mm. that she's not as great as she thinks she is yeah. and to look at some of the human cost of her yeah. exploits. That sting that is, you know, in the novel and is in every version of this. I, I, I just feel that's so relatable. Just that moment where you've said just one thing too much yeah. right. and then suddenly you're humiliated and you like, cost hard. Right. Just, and oh, that's like the, the climax words. of the movie. It is. It's the climax it's a social, of the novel. Yeah. And that's amazing. <laughs> that. And then I, it still manage, it, uh, manages to be to make her sympathetic in the end with her own romantic situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, I was just, I was in. I think that I liked Little Women more as a, as a film with dramatic elements. And I felt like this was a wildly successful comedy. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot more. <laughs> For some reason, I had a thing against little women going into it. And it, it, it uh, turned me around in a lot of ways. It, mm. it came through. But I, for some reason, was excited at the prospect of an Emma. The, the soundtrack to this is great. I've already got it, and we're pumping it around uh, through the uh, Alexa in the house. Um, I like the music that they, they, they use, the, the, uh, the existing music, but the score is really interesting, too. Mm-hmm. And it's um, co-composed by Isabel Waller-Bridge, who is the sister of Phoebe Waller-Bridge oh, from Fleabag. Cool. I mean, I'd expect no other Waller Bridge than that. Hey, right, <laughs> that would be quite a quite a coincidence. Yes. Anyway, uh, so good. We both saw a good movie that we liked. How about that? Great. You're going to have to describe the ones that you saw. Okay. So here I go. I guess I'll get uh, downhill out of the way. Oh um, God. Yeah. The dower downhill. Now I. I for me, primarily, my interest in Downhill is because it is a remake of a movie that I happened to see uh, called Force Majeure, which is a Swedish movie. I think I've said previously on the podcast that it was French, but I'm stupid, and I'm, it is a Swedish movie. And um, I enjoyed that. That's a weird, quirky, half-drama, half-comedy. But this was kind of being played up as a comedy. It's a Will Ferrell, Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, vehicle where they play a couple with their family on um, a ski vacation. And uh, there's an incident, almost calamitous, very frightening incident that happens with a controlled avalanche that uh, gets a little bit out of control. And what what happens in the reaction to that incident plants a seed of doubt um, in uh, this wife's mind about her husband's allegiance to her and the children and then it's just about the the kind of unraveling of their of their uh situation throughout the rest of the movie and it's very dour even though it's 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 much more of a straightforward comedy than the original was it doesn't have the dark weirdness of that one so it's just kind of bleak and upsetting and um i didn't hate it as much as a lot of critics seem to but i i can't say that i loved it it looks so mean spirited and yeah. sour and like you're just not believed anything that you say, just couples yeah. quarrels. And, and the the interesting thing is ca- the casting because Will Ferrell plays, a, he plays a good dopey dad. He plays a good kind of desperate, uh, oaf of a, of a dad who doesn't quite get it. But I, f- and I love JLD. Um, but in the original movie, I feel like the wife was a little more, sad and she's trying her best whereas in this it just comes across in this version like boy does she hate him and she's always hated him and she was looking for an excuse to kind of unleash yeah. that hatred uh not not, an, not a very successful movie really interesting writing uh team i don't think they direct, they might have directed it as well um jim rash from community and uh nathan faxon is that his name They've written a couple other interesting movies. One of them is called The Way, Way Back, which I enjoyed. Um, but I did not think this was a very successful movie. All right. So that is uh, Then I, before that, actually, going all the way back now, a couple weeks, I saw The Photograph. Okay. The Photograph is a uh, 2020 romantic drama film directed by Stella Meggie. And this is like now... I, 
uh, I guess after Emma, I'm up to like eight or nine movies directed by women this year so far in just a couple months, which is pretty cool. And it stars Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Issa Rae and some other interesting people. Kelvin Harrison Jr., Chelsea Peretti, Courtney B. Vance. It has a really interesting cast. And it is about a reporter, Lakeith Stanfield, who's everywhere. Um these days he is a journalist who is going down to louisiana to research the uh the impact of uh ptsd or or some kind of a um veterans issue and he's interviewing a a guy who's kind of telling him a little bit of his love life and uh he goes back to new york he basically ends up uh with some photographs and it turns out, uh, by happenstance, he meets a young woman named May, played by Issa Rae, whose mother uh, took the photographs. And so they begin a relationship, and then there's there's some interesting uh, stuff about the gentleman from whom he procured the photographs, and some family questions. And it's a very understated, quiet movie, the kind of movie where... Um, by the way, I'm on the IMDb page for the photograph, and it says, if you like this, you'll like Downhill. It's very strange that it's saying that. <laughs> they seem like very different films. Yeah. I, they happen to just be the two that I actually saw, and I disagree. But um, anyway, I like this movie. It is uh, very chill. It's very low stakes, but it's very involving at the same time. Very, very likable characters. Um, it's kind of movie where... It's not a romantic comedy to the level of wackiness, um, but it's also not a serious drama to the point of um, histrionics. It's just, are these people going to make it? Is he going to take the job in London? Uh, what does your family mean? What does your past mean? What is your, what, how can you build a new future? And It's just a nice little movie that's uh, shot well, acted well, written well, and I recommend it. Is it more romance or is it more solving a mystery? It's it's two things, I guess, in equal measure. I guess in the end, it really is about will these two people get together? So it ultimately lands on romance. But the question of familial, uh, of memory and familial connections is kind of the, um, the substance of what propels these, these two people. Uh, to meet and then to uh, deepen their relationship together. All right. Well, maybe I'll stream that someday. Yeah, it's worth it. All right. Uh, well, I mumbled my way through that. Um, I guess we'll take a little break now. When we come back, we will talk about a uh, film that we watched for this week, 2009's uh, Way We Go, directed by Sam Mendes. So um, come back real quick. All right. Welcome back to Holds Up, Dan and Josh. Um, we stopped like introducing ourselves at the beginning. Yeah, Should I mean, we... people know who we are or they don't. That's right. It's one of those two. I still, almost every podcast I listen to, they still are sheepish about getting, like, they act like they're building up to the announcement of the subject matter, even though it is in the title every single time. Right. 
Dan, I asked us to watch a movie because I just happened to remember that it existed and I didn't remember what I thought about it or felt about it or what it even was. So I uh, suggested that we watch Away We Go. Did you know it existed until I suggested it for the show? I figure I must have seen it. With Mendes, right? I mean, I feel that would have been irresistible to me because, I mean, this was John Krasinski. Of course, he has a full-on movie career now, but to me, this was the height of his office fame. Um, and Maya Rudolph, super popular from SNL. The only thing that would have tripped me up was this June 2009 release date, at which point I would have had a four-month-old that possibly would have kept me away from the theater. But yeah. it's just hard for me to think that I wouldn't have tried to see a Sam Mendes movie with John Krasinski and sure. Maya Rudolph. And, but I don't remember a thing of it. And now mm-hmm. having rewatched it, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, right. Because there well, isn't a yeah, memorable definitely. moment in it. No. And if you didn't catch it in the theater originally, it would have been very hard to even, especially back then, without streaming and things and without movies popping up in front of you to be like, Oh, that movie, I should check it out. If you missed it when it was being marketed and released, you missed it. Yeah. Yeah. What a strange movie. Uh, I guess I'll give a quick rundown. Sure. This is Sam Mendes, um, directing a indie comedy, basically John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph are a young couple. They are, um, life partners they will not get married he proposes to her often and she says no but they are deeply in love and um she finds out in opening scenes that she is pregnant and basically the movie is uh, an odyssey of sorts i think that's overselling it but it's it's a journey they take to figure out where their future is geographically and otherwise where they're going to have and raise a child it takes them from his parents house to uh, some college friends and other people, old bosses, and they travel around the country. They spend some time in Arizona. They go to Massachusetts, I believe. They, um, And then, uh, yeah, it's like very episodic. I, I'll be darned if there's not really a through line. I was w- wondering if at least uh, at the end it would all kind of come together and we'd see how they had you know, slowly learned something or pieced together some kind of, no, it just really, to me, this feels like a short season of a Netflix show, the writing and the style of storytelling and and, then the acting, the kind of uh, the, the, the pace and feel of this movie really reminds me a lot of a streaming show. It's also a Sam Mendes movie. So it looks beautiful. Uh, And he got, you know, probably his dream cast. The, The cast is very interesting. Um, with Catherine O'Hara and Jeff Daniels in a, a sequence. You, you spend time with, in these different places with these different groups of actors, and then you never again go back, and they're not related, and they don't, nothing ever comes around. You just keep moving from situation to situation. Uh, Allison Janney and Jim Gaffigan, early Jim Gaffigan movie role, and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and uh, what's his name? Josh Hamilton. That that sequence, I'm getting all over the place here because I'm reading through the cast list. Um, we'll talk about that scene because that scene uh, is nuts to me. Chris Messina and um, Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky, who's great. I always am happy to see her. I'm That's happy true. to see all the people in this movie. It's a great cast. I agree. But, oh, boy. 
have I, so I, that was a bad, it was a bad summary of the plot, Dan, but could, could that, could, is there a plot that could there, have been it, described no, any better? There is no plot. I will say this. I'll, I'll put it in, in these terms. They appear to be, you know, not struggling seriously, but they don't appear to have too much, but they have each other and they want to figure out how to raise their kid and where's going to be the best place to be able to raise their kid. And we've come to understand that the reason they won't be married is because of her trauma where her parents both were killed tragically and they won't be able to be a part of the wedding. So she never wants a wedding. And here's the biggest thing to me is they end up back at her childhood house that has gone to ruin. And if I'm him, I'm like, you have a house, right? You know, like we've been struggling to pay our rent and we're looking all over the country for where me, we right. might live. You have been sitting on a gold mine of this beautiful, stylistic waterfront property. Of course, that's where we're going to live. Right. Or for goodness sake, sell it, and then we can buy the place of our choice. Yes. What in the world It struck is me as very here? absurd this time around. Yeah, because for for that reason you say, and also because she suddenly all of her issues are resolved you'd think being there they go there and it's like wow cool there's this attitude of like oh this place is neat and it's like amazing but shouldn't that be the beginning of a journey for her of unlocking all of those feelings and memories it opened up so many questions of who is caring for this house have you paid taxes on it in years what what is happening you just you have the key on your ring you brought it with you this place that you left never to return again of course you're going to live there what is your problem it made me dislike her with a passion at the end because this john krasinski seems to be like this dream guy not because he really offers much but he seems sweet and sincere and he's you know you're following one another around the country trying to think where you want to settle you had this amazing asset what are you thinking Right. Yeah. And that just really undid the whole thing for me in the final moments hmm. where I was I like, have, what is happening? Regarding the ending, I have a Mandela effect situation with that ending where I am, I must have imagined a um, extra scene because I, again, I didn't, I remembered hardly anything about this. I remembered uh, Melanie Linsky pole dancing. I remembered Alice and Janney being obnoxious and talking about her boobs. And I remember the ending. I remember a scene where they sit there on the porch. And then I remember one additional shot where it's them out in the garden. And then a little girl comes walking over and joins them. And it's not there. It's not in the movie. I imagined oh. it. But I thought that's how it ended. Um, and I guess it was just an impression. I made it up in my head. I don't really know why. But I was disappointed that it wasn't. there. Well, that would be a good ending. All right, so let's walk through these situations, I yeah, think. okay. Might be an easy way to do it. Um, the first scenes, it looks like they're living in squalor. I really disliked it. Um, yeah. and he seems kind of like a dopey man-child. Right. He doesn't have a lot going on. Sure does. And then they go to visit his parents. Yes. Catherine O'Hara and Jeff Daniels. In their very nice house. Yeah. And they're like, they're comedy characters, essentially. Like a lot of characters in this movie. Sure. And I mean, I guess that's the impetus of, well, we can't rely on our close by family, so we better, you know, right. travel the country. I was frustrated at those gate agents who are trying to 
time how pregnant she is. I thought that's ridiculous, and that never happens like that. Right. I I hated Alice and Janney's. And then she flies, by the way, later. Oh, in the she movie sure without does any, without any explanation. Yes. Right. I hated Alice and Janney's character. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I didn't like how she treated Awful. her children. I remember being amused by it before. It was terrible. Right. Was it supposed to be funny? I guess. Yeah. To me, it was horrifying. Um, I don't remember the moment with the sister, so I must have dozed off. Right. <laughs> that point kind of that... sweet you get the you get the, you get a little fill in of the backstory of Ma- of uh verona um my rudolph's character and then they have a nice little moment in a bathtub maybe that was the sweetest part of it because there wasn't a horrible obnoxious caricature of a person in that scene oh well, i wish i would have seen that part because <laughs> the movie desperately needed some warmth yeah um all right and then we've got the maggie gyllenhaal sequence yeah oh, oh man and this is where the movie to me got confusing too, because it kind of got the dressing of a twee, crunchy kind of uh, indie comedy. But then there's this entire scene about how stupid hippies are. Yeah. And- I, okay. So I, I was completely out of it. The moment they talked to the woman to try to get directions to the office. Oh yeah. Because that's an impossibility. They're right. just walking on a campus street and that someone would happen to know, the number of a professor's office that's ridiculous right and that's like some screenwriting cheating right there because it plants a number of seeds she just happens to know where she is she makes a stray comment you know that pays off later and it introduces the stroller thing right all in one you know three lines of dialogue which is also silly and you have an actress like maggie gyllenhaal who's recognizable and charismatic and she might be just a silly person on their on their journey but there's a great deal of resentment underneath their relationship yeah. and they go into that house and the they're very clearly the movie is being judgmental of these characters at the same time who cares how they live they live right. in a different way and why are you insisting on shoving a stroller down their throat that's what i didn't yeah, get I and just, then you caused an yeah. altercation at dinner right. You did something that was very offensive to them with their own child. Are you, have you shown them something? Yeah. What What was that? I felt like that was a character flaw in the main characters that Absolutely. rather than just remove themselves, they felt a need right. to rub it in their face and offend them. Yes. Yeah. Why? That was a very strange turn for them, which really just felt like the movie decided to just hogpile on these uh hogpile dogpile on these stupid hippies and what what about the, these two characters bert and verona have we we haven't seen them be vitriolic and nasty before they humored um uh alice and janney and then just kind of extricated themselves so and and since he has this history you know with maggie gyllenhaal's character what is their relationship she's a cousin she was a childhood friend who was so close that they called her a cousin. Oh, so really she's not a family yeah, member. Not even related. So why not figure out that you're uncomfortable in this situation and then be like, you know what, we're going to get going, and then the movie gets back on the road. But they, they have to take time to be cruel to these people. Yeah, and there's no truth in that character. Even if it's a caricature, even if it's just for this episode, this woman is a full-fledged college professor, that means that she's able to work in a system somehow. Right. You know, there has to be some shred of feet on the ground. And Mm -hmm. this character has no feet on the ground. 
you know, they have a yeah. what looks like a beautiful home to me, and they're raising their kids the way they want to. She re- overreacted to the stroller, but whatever. People are weird. I just hated how they then responded. Why would you abandon dinner like that and leave in an altercation? It was structured like comedy. Like this was some big, crazy payoff. And oh, what a cathartic thing to laugh at this. But it just it baffled me and made me feel like I didn't know the main characters. Yeah. And here's where I've got an age thing going on that back then, you know, all the way 10 years ago, I was younger than the main characters. Wow, and yeah. so they're a little ahead of me. But now I'm like a decade older than the main characters. Right. And I think, oh, you imbeciles. Mm-hmm. You, you children, grow up. Have a dinner with these awful people and excuse yourselves and be glad you never need to talk to them again if you don't want to. Yeah, that I think that might be the low point of the movie, that sequence. Um, oh, for sure it is. In the decision and all the decisions of how to portray uh those characters and then in the way that the characters behave it just it was nuts and then we're off to montreal that's right and i was exhausted just thinking of going out for the evening and then what you're gonna go out for some food oh what i can't go get some food now yeah and then talk about serious things there was Mm -hmm. something in the bar when um melanie and why she named munch for some reason Hmm. That that I thought was kind of a strange name, yeah. Munch Garnett. <laughs> okay, strange, yeah. um, played by Melanie Linsky. Where I felt like there was a a wistfulness and a sad beauty to her performance, where she's kind of acting out her grief over a miscarriage with the right. with the dance. There's some beauty in that that to me the rest of the movie didn't rise to. So yeah. it felt like this strange. Yeah. off by itself episode i guess to do uh to give this movie a little bit of credit every one of these situations presents them with some kind of a possible future for themselves or some kind of a of a of a look at you know an issue regarding having building a family and having children so it you know there are there is a way to see this movie as kind of like them going through the gauntlet of seeing all these different shapes and sizes of families and things. But by no means is it well thought out or well crafted or worth the journey. I guess it's just worth mentioning that that's kind of what each one of these things is about. People dealing with uh, how they deal with raising a family, which is the exact thing that, that that's, you know, facing them. And by the way, I wasn't sure what the situation was when they walked into it and those creepy kids who are watching So Long Farewell from The Sound of Music right. and then yeah. acting it out. And they're just kind of going along with it like, oh, goodbye, you know, right. kind of smiling and being <laughs> yeah. charmed. You walked in and these kids from every land are sitting in this living room and one has this weird rainbow clown wig on. And I'm thinking, right. who are these children? Are they are they mad? But what What's happening? Right. But I guess they're they're just all the adopted children of their friends. This wasn't explained. I, I just thought it no. was so strange. I would rather spend time with that family. That's more interesting than going to a diner. Right. Anyway. Oh, I was I was just so tired by that sequence. <laughs> yeah. So then he gets a call from his brother. Right. When as you do, you <laughs> yeah. go from Montreal to Miami overnight. Because away we go. <laughs> away we go. Because <laughs> The brother Courtney, a lot of distracting yeah. names. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, we need the economy of names where you're trying to, you should be trying to tell people things since you're only going to know this character two minutes. This character list, uh, Lowell, Ashley, Taylor, Roderick, Baby Neptune, Munch, Wolfie, <laughs> exactly. Katya, Cammy, Courtney, exactly. Professor Ruby. It's just like first draft names all yeah, the way through. Totally. That's what I'm saying. And I guess out of nowhere, this guy's wife has left him. So here's the thing. If yeah. someone's spouse leaves you out of nowhere and it happened yesterday, you don't really know what the final outcome is going to be. And they're all talking about like, well, how is this girl going to cope with not knowing her mother? She doesn't have a mom now. Right. And I was just like, no, her mom left yesterday. Maybe she'll come to her senses in two weeks. We don't, right. we don't know what's going to happen yet. And, but they did enjoy being outside in Florida. Right. The, yeah. I, it looked so hot and muggy and I was imagining bugs. Yeah, it looked like a terrible a place to plastic sleep. Plastic trampoline in mm-hmm. humidity in Florida. No. Awful awful and so that's what i was distracted by and then there was that story about taping oranges onto a tree yeah. and she was like it sounds weird but it worked and i was like the yeah. screenwriter had to say that because <laughs> it, it absolutely right. wouldn't work it was like in the new star wars all. when they say the emperor palpatine is back somehow they literally say that in the movie <laughs> somehow. yeah so um they and then they see the tree in like a, the next scene right right well hey go to that house take a look <laughs> take a look and the house is like in ruin on the inside yeah. i'm thinking like well when did this happen like less than 10 years ago no one's been caring for this house nobody wanted it like why said, didn't all the you just live in the house the weren't wasn't this your house why didn't you <laughs> right. keep living in the house what led to your moving there's so many questions i know right but everything feels contrived every one of those situations is just contrived to put them in a wacky situation but instead of being like, you know, dumb and dumber fart jokes and stuff, it's just kind of like it's character comedy, awkward comedy or sudden little bursts of weird melodrama. What did we learn? What insights were gained from their journey? It just happened to them. Yeah. So on the Wikipedia entry, the plot is 9000 paragraphs long. <laughs> right. And then the rest and of yes. every other section is like a tiny little blip. Right. <laughs> it's right. like. This movie is yeah. all plot and nothing right. happened. Uh, Roger Ebert's review. I couldn't find a lot written about this because, again, it, it doesn't exist, basically. Um, Ebert's review is positive. Three and a half oh, stars. Yeah. He loved it. But it was it seemed more like a reaction against negative reviews. He literally calls out another critic, Tony Scott, for calling the movie smug. And he's like, well, if you've got something to be smug about. He really liked how good the, he thought the characters were virtuous and nice and that they loved each other. And that was that seemed to really warm his heart. This was when he was ill so two years before he died. So maybe he just was really happy to spend time in a movie that was mostly benign and positive. I don't I know. Don't, but... No, there, there wasn't an ounce of truth in those characters. They no. certainly weren't likable. They didn't have any conflicts between. Let's even a joke about how they can't even have a fight or get mad. Right, right. Ugh. My ultimate, uh, my final question on this is, why does Sam Mendes make this movie? Right. I am flummoxed. When you look at the rest of his filmography, why did he pick yeah. up this script? I guess he just wanted to do something fun. All of his movies he... have some sort of gravitas to them. They're dealing with deep uh, inner, internal complex 
character issues or thing, you know, like the James Bond ones that are about style and, and fun. Yeah. But yeah. this one just stands out by itself. I, I yeah. do not know how this got made. Well, I'm trying to think contextually where this is in the career. It's a good, um, we're a good, like almost a decade after like um, Road to Perdition. and yeah, A decade after American Beauty. American Beauty, yeah. And it came right off of Revolutionary Road, which is yeah. quite a different film. So he's established as a modern, yeah. a, gr- a great director at that yeah. point. And then and he then picks I, right up with Skyfall after. Well, three years later. Yeah. Then 10 years after 1917, another quite a different movie. Yes. Do you have a general take on Road to Perdition? I remember liking it. I remember liking it too. That might be a good one to watch again, actually. Yeah. Um, since we love the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. Yeah. Reli- reliving our glory days. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe let's maybe let's watch that one next. Because mm-hmm. okay. I haven't seen that, I think, since it came out. Yeah, and that's a uh, Conrad Hall cinematography as well, right? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that one being um, interesting and and good, and I have watched it since then. I just not recently, but maybe in the last five years, and I remember liking it and thinking that it held up. Good. Good Jude Law movie, since he yeah. comes up a lot on our show. Sure does. By accident. <laughs> well, if you're gonna go to early two thousands and nineties, you're gonna get some. Gonna get some law. I don't know, guys. I don't know what to tell you. This movie. Uh, exists and yet it doesn't exist. So maybe we should all just move on. And uh, we bring up the movies. Time forgot. <laughs> yeah. I hope you get to see some some movies this week, Dan. Oh yeah, I think that I'll finally have some time. I just have had you know illness, and that you know what I did to see our church hosted a showing of this movie Le Concert. If only uh-huh. we knew it that translated to hmm. um exotic yeah it's it was another i believe 2009 film french film about a disgraced maestro who decides to get the old band back together the uh bol- fired bolshoi orchestra members for a concert in paris they have to pull off pretending they're the official russian orchestra Wow, and there's intrigue about the young violinist that he seeks to engage to be the soloist, and um. So anyway, that's what I did on Friday night instead of go see a new okay. release. I, I went and watched the like, concert. That sounds like an opportunity not to be passed up. <laughs> yeah, Dan, <laughs> we did it. We sure did. We did it. I hope you continue to uh, feel better. I hope you're on the mend. I'm making it you're happen. A, I survived. You're a corona virus survivor then you let's, give us all hope let's say that i am because okay. you know, <laughs> sounds to me like you are i don't have a ton I going know. on so i <laughs> need to spice up my life you always were an early adopter that's true <laughs> whatever i can be a victim <laughs> sign me up all right this has been our podcast we are dan and josh you can follow us both on twitter 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 box and litter litter box you can follow us places socially. Oh, what a and mix up. <laughs> and uh, the show also exists. Continue to listen to it. Tell your friends. And the music's by Jonah Rapino. And we'll be back again to talk about more movies. Uh, thanks. Have a good one, Dan. Bye, everybody. Well, I saw on CNN today that due to Trump's 
fantastic leadership, our risk is extraordinarily low. And I thought, well, I love if our risk is extraordinarily low, but how does it have to do with his leadership? Right. That's got Pence on the case. Yeah, so um, and, and easy. So I, I watched the task force get interviewed. This really isn't very relevant to our discussion. She's like, I flew in from South Africa last night, and within hours, I already had a computer and a phone. So that just speaks to how on the ball this administration is. Oh my. I was like, and that was her statement. <laughs> wow. I was like, well, they had the whole flight from South Africa, right. and they were able to produce common office. Someone equipment. handed me a stapler. Where? <laughs> There's light at the end of the tunnel, folks. Oh, you had a desktop computer and a phone within hours. Well done, Trump administration. Oof. And an, an intern really is, went above and beyond this morning for that task force member. 